This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. We spoke about hopelessness. Hell is a place of eternal hopelessness. When you are asked to depart from Him, cursed, and wear into the eternal fire. We'll talk more about that. That's prepared for the devil and his angels. Not prepared for you. It's prepared for devil and his angels. Jesus also says that hell is a place of fire, darkness, and lamenting. And I would say it's a place of unquenchable fire. Of darkness and lamenting. And you need to know that Jesus was the first hell's fire brimstone preacher. It wasn't a Baptist white guy in a suit. It was Jesus who warned us of the fires of hell. And he says hell is a place of unquenchable fire. Of darkness, of lamenting. This is a place where people lament and weep and wail and cry. And there's a deep expression of sorrow. Matthew chapter 13 verse 40. Jesus says in the parable of the weeds and the wheat. He says just as the weeds are gathered and burnt with fire. So will it be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom. All causes of sin. Please listen to me. He is not going to bring people. Who had bad intentions. Even those with good intentions, if they were living in sin, he's going to weed out all causes of sin. You can be living in sin with good intentions and you will be weeded out. You can fool your conscience, but you cannot fool God. You will have a meeting with the master. He will weed out all causes of sin and all law breakers. He will judge us according to his standard, not your standard. His standard, not your understanding of his standards. And then what's he going to do? And throw them into the fiery furnace. Hell is a place of unquenchable fire, of darkness, of lamenting. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus says in Mark chapter 9 verse 43, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell. To where? The unquenchable fire. It's a place of fire that's unquenched, of darkness, of lamenting, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then hell is not a place like ACDC says it will be. It's a place of torment. It's a place of fire, darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth. And then it says, where the worms don't die. Mark chapter 9 verse 48, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. I know I'm young. I know I'm cool. I know I'm not supposed to be preaching messages like this. It doesn't suit my appearance. But I have to warn you of the fires of hell that's being kindled for those who will reject the Son of God. Yes. It will not be quenched. And when the worm doesn't die, what does he mean by that? This doesn't mean to gross you out. Please pay attention. And if you're going to reject this message, reject it after you listen to it. And if you're going to reject read Jesus, reject him after you've heard his words. What does he mean by the worm that does not die? He's not trying to gross you out. The worm that does not die is a conscience that keeps on pricking you, but you cannot do anything about it. You're sitting in unquenchable fire, and you remember the time when the pastor preached with tears in his eyes, inviting you and warning you to walk away from the desires of the flesh and to embrace the cross. Not just the pastor with tears in his eyes, but the Holy Spirit was speaking directly to you and saying, this is for you today. This is for you today. And you felt it. You got the goosebumps. You walked out the door and you rejected it. And those memories will come back to haunt you when you're sitting in the unquenchable fire. That's the worm that does not die. David Wilkerson, one of my favorite preachers, was able to bring um, Cross and the Switchblade guy to Jesus. Beautiful guy. Nikki Cruz, thank you. 
and he expounds on what is this, the worm that does not die and he talks about a story of a guy who was having a dream that he was sitting in hell in the unquenchable fire and the torment was so much and he says I need to get out of this place and he woke up from his sleep and he says wow thank God it was just a dream and as he wakes up he sees his dad in the living room reading his Bible and so he goes to his dad and he says dad <laughs> I just had a dream about hell I don't want to be there I want to surrender my life I want to change my life around his dad says okay pray and ask Jesus to help you and he says couldn't say a word because he's back in hell and he realized that that whole thing was not a dream it was a reality and in hell the worm that does not die is the conscience that keeps bringing back those times when you had a chance to repent those times when you had a chance to turn around the chance when you had to come clean before God and reject the flesh and crucify the flesh and embrace the cross and pick up your cross but you didn't that's the worm that does not die and this is even scarier because some of you have experienced those worms that does not die in this life already and yet you will lean on your intentions you will lean on your excuses and not on the word of God and not on the warning that comes from God a message like this I know it's not popular a message like this I know it, it's, it's scary for people to preach and talk about this because we kind of want to defend God as a good guy and we'll get to that in just a second too Jesus doesn't stop there he doesn't hold back the punches he says hell is a place where there's eternal punishment it's a place where there's punishment after the judgment it's a place where there's weeping and fire and darkness and lamenting and unquenchable fire it's a place it's an eternal place of punishment so it's not a party paradise you know when I was younger <clears throat> and I, hope, I really hope you're tracking with me and I hope you know that what I'm saying is not just something that I'm regurgitating because I read in a book or heard someone preach it. This is something that I've wrestled with and asked myself, why would a loving God do something like this? And I will answer that question before we close. I often wondered, why would I want to be in heaven when hell sounds like such a better place to be? Because all the good musicians are going to be there. All the terrible Christian musicians can be in heaven. That's great. You know, with all the terrible sound and terrible lighting and terrible jokes terrible style you know and it's like I, it doesn't sound fun because we equate heaven as a boring church service and we equate hell as the woohoo let's party guys you know but the, Jesus tells me that hell is a place of eternal punishment ACDC is wrong in saying that there's going to be a party in hell can I tell you that Jesus is the creator of pleasure hey you think that you know what style is? Jesus created style. I mean, the first miracle that's recorded of what Jesus did was he kept the party going. He turned water into wine. He's like, this party needs some Jesus. Let's, and, and not just any wine, it was the best wine. Sorry, Baptist folks, it wasn't juice. That was good wine. You know, if we think that, you know, hell is where all the fun is going to be, there's no creativity in hell because my God is the creator. There's going to be a lot of creativity in heaven. If you think heaven's going to be a boring church service, I am really sorry because that's how I thought, that's how I thought it was going to be too. But the more, again, once again, the more I put away man's version of 
bull and I look at Jesus' words, I'm like, man, hell is not a good place to be. That's not an eternal party paradise. It's an eternal place of punishment. It says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 8, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes and be thrown into hellfire. Jesus is not telling us, he's not promoting body mutilation for you to be holy. Please listen to me. I know this, this passage is being taken out of context in so many different denominations. He's not encouraging body, bodily mutilation for you to be holy. He's trying to give you the perspective of how terrible hell is. Hell is so bad that you would choose to rather cut off your hand, pull out your eye. That's how bad it is. It's not a party paradise. It's a place of punishment. I had to walk through hell this week getting ready for this message. One of my favorite preachers said, don't ever preach on hell with the tears in your eyes. And this week, I've shed tears for every single person listening to my voice, listening to God's word through my voice, I should say, praying that you would feel the weight of what God wants to save you from. Hell is a place of punishment that comes after the judgment. You will meet with your master. And hell is a place that comes right after this judgment where there's weeping and wailing and unquenchable fire and darkness and lamenting and there's regrets forever. Hell is a place of eternal punishment, not a party paradise. It's not a place where you need to be. Why is this important for us to talk about this dark and horrific reality in church? Number two, it's because in the after, there are no second chances to change your choices. Today you're sitting over here, you might have lost everything because of your sin, because of your choices. You might have lost your marriage, you might have lost your home, you might have lost your job, you might have lost your friends, you might have lost your church, you might have lost even an opportunity to answer the call of God in your life because of your sin. But I want you to know that you still have it better now than you will when you stand before your master if you've not repented. Because once you stand before him, there is no second chances for you to change your mind. G.K. Chesterton, Prince of Paradoxes, who he's called, is a beautiful, remarkable writer who takes very hard to understand concepts and makes it very tangible. He says, hell is God's great compliment to the reality of human freedom and the dignity of human personality. Get out of here, G.K. Hell is a compliment, really? And he says, yes, because God is saying to us, you are significant. I take you seriously. Choose to reject me. Choose hell if you will. I will let you go. He says, hell is the greatest compliment God has ever paid to the dignity of human freedom. I've said this to you before. God will not force his choices on you. He loves you too much to do that. Because if someone were to force their choices on you, that's abuse. Picture this with me, ladies. At your workplace, if there was someone who liked you, and you have rejected this person's advances multiple times, you've told them kindly, you've told them sternly, you've told them firmly, and you said no, and you've rejected the advances. And one fine day, you find yourself in need, and this person comes and helps you, and you're thankful, but then they force themselves on you, and they take you, and they, they force you to get married to them, and they come and live in your house. You wouldn't say, wow, what a loving person, what a loving guy. You would say, no, that guy's abusing this woman. He's taking advantage of this woman. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't force himself on you and then takes advantage of you when you've rejected his advances towards you, when you've rejected him. 
It says in the book of Romans chapter 1, it's not going to be on the screen, but you can go back home and read this. It says in Romans chapter 1 that God gave them into the lusts of their hearts. God gave them into the lusts of their hearts. God gave them into their own selfish desires and pleasures. Why is that? It says because they, re they, they rejected the truth and embraced a lie. It says that these people, they, they changed their they genders. It says these people ran after idols. They ran after sexual promiscuity. And God gave them into the lusts of their hearts because they traded the truth for a lie. You keep walking in the way that you're walking in your sin and the Holy Spirit will keep on convicting you while you're here on this, on this earth. And then God will say, I will give you into the desires of your heart and he will give you a way to pursue whatever you want to pursue. G.K. Chesson says that's because God is loving towards you and he will give you the freedom of your choice. Hell is a place of punishment. It's painful. It's permanent. And a lot of people, including Christian scholars, find it hard to reconcile that there's no second chances. And this is actually a very new theology that's been developed. I mean, there was a theology of annihilation where we'll just be destroyed. But a new thing that just come 2,000 years later is this concept that hell is just a temporary place and people will be given a choice. And there are a lot of very big theologians that actually subscribe to this. And many people who will talk about hell being a place where there's no second chances, but then they will say, oh, we never know. But I'll tell you, you can know because Jesus didn't leave it up for us to debate this. You guys tracking with me, right? Yeah. Okay, two weeks I haven't really spoken to you, so I'm just really excited to unpack a lot of this, okay? C.S. Lewis, in his essay, uh, God in the Docks, he talks about how the ancient man will approach God, even, even, even an idol worshiper will approach God as an accused person who's coming before someone that he's trying to appease. Show me mercy. What can I do to appease you? And the ancient man, even a pagan, will come before God knowing that he's accused. But the modern man, says C.S. Lewis, and I will say the modern Christian man, goes to God as a judge. And God is in the docks. And we come to church week in and week out, seeing if God is really good enough for us to give him another chance. And we put him on the docks while we are the judge questioning him. Why is the poverty? Why is the crime? Why do children die? Why is the cancer? When we don't question our own actions when we don't see that he's the judge and he's the master that we will have to stand before and we come in to our Bibles we come into church we come in to see can we give God another chance this week hmm, you know what he's alright and so theologians over the years have found a need to make God look like a good guy because when we talk about no second chances he comes across as a bad guy and what we do is we demean God and I want to tell you hell has not changed in the past 2,000 years for us to have to change our theology what has changed is the arrogance where we put God in the docks and we judge him and say how could you a loving God do this Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.